Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio on May 10th, 2023. And it's nice to have you with us today. We're going to have a nice conversation with good friends from COSA. And actually, we're going to not – I'm in Maine, as most people know. But we're going to go across the country, okay, to California and also to Washington State. And then we're also, as we have a guest from Lima, Peru, all right, and that's Jimena. Uh, we're going to be talking to all three of our guests, all education leaders in technology for their school districts, all right, about the latest COSIN report on driving K-12 innovation. All right, it is global, and it's going to be a lot of fun talking to Chris and Kelly and Jimena. So I'm going to bring on my three guests in just a few minutes. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. And as you guys know, ace-ed.org is the uh, home website of the American Consortium for Equity in Education. That's us. All right. We do a lot for equity and access in education. And everything we do at ace-ed.org is free. So please go over and enjoy our magazine, our online journal, which is called Equity and Access. You can see the cover over there. Just click on the cover. You'll be able to enjoy the current issue. All of the podcasts are over there. Links to our other websites as well about social-emotional learning and also teacher retention and professional learning, some information on that, plus information on our Equity Awards program. We just opened it up for nominations this year, the early bird uh, uh, Nominations are available to you now, so please go over, check it all out. It's at ace-ed.org. With the award, you'll be able to nominate your friends, your colleagues, companies you work with, et cetera, et cetera, on all the good work they're doing for equity and access, making education available to all kids, all right, all kids, regardless of race, regardless of economic situation, et cetera, et cetera. It's really important. We work hard to make the Equity Awards important, so please check it all out over at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on my guests. I got three wonderful guests here, and I'm going to. I'm clicking through; it's circling here. So let me bring on Kelly. Are you there? I am. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Kelly May Volmer. It's nice to have you here from Desert Sands Unified School District out in California. You're the superintendent. Kelly, tell us about your district real quick. Absolutely. And again, thanks for having me. Uh, We're located, like you said, in Southern California. Uh, We've got about 27,000 students, about 34 buildings, uh, and very involved in uh, K-12 innovative work uh, in our area. And super happy to be here with you this morning. And where, where are you? What city are you in? We're the closest city to us that people might recognize is Palm Springs. I think they might recognize that, indeed. I okay, think so. That is really cool. <laughs> is, that, is that where you are in Palm Springs? No, actually, I'm, I'm just a little bit, if you've heard of, which I'm sure you have, Coachella or Stage Coach, those are in my backyard. Yeah. yeah, so I'm in the city of La Quinta. Fan, that sounds fantastic, and I've stayed at your hotel many times. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank you, Kelly. And, and welcome. No By the way, you're welcome here anytime. Chris Hagel, so are you. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm Larry. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, guys, it's my pleasure to have you here. You're the Executive Director of Digital Learning at Peninsula School District in Washington, and I figured out which peninsula. You want to tell us about life on the peninsula, looking at the Seattle and Tacoma? 
Yeah, we're actually, our district is named Peninsula after the two peninsulas. We actually serve two different peninsulas Ooh. here in uh, lovely Gig Harbor, Washington today. It's a beautiful place out here today. Um, as you said, we're near Seattle. Kind of a uh, we're beautiful place every day. I have to tell you, it's a beautiful place every day, <laughs> at least the days I've been there. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, it's going to be a nice week this week. We're uh, we're about we're a school district of about 8,700 kids, uh, 17 schools. We're about 45 wow. minutes south of Seattle. And if you've ever heard of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, uh, we are 10 minutes across the bridge from from Tacoma, Washington. So, yeah, sitting out here in the Pacific Northwest. And I have to ask you this, and I, I, I know I'm talking – I think I'm talking on the wrong peninsula. You have to help me geographically. I've been to Port Townsend. Okay, well, how, where are you in relation to Port Townsend? We are at the base of that peninsula. So you would go through Gate Harbor to drive up to Port Townsend, Port Townsend if you're coming from Tacoma. Um, and to get to Port Townsend, you would really from Seattle or anywhere on that side, you would take a ferry. I did yeah. take a ferry, as a matter of fact. Okay, and I didn't realize I did there was too. that much. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I didn't realize there was that much south of me. Okay, when I took that ferry. That's interesting. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Yeah. Peninsula School District, okay, over, again, right outside of Tacoma, Gig Harbor. I love the name of that. And now we have a really, these, these two are great who we already talked to, but we have a really special guest now calling in from Lima, Peru. Tamina, are you there? Hi, Larry. Thank you so much for the invitation. What an honor to be part of this group. Yes, I'm right I got news for you. We're, we're honored to have you here all the way from Peru. Kimina Nunez del Prado is the Director of Technology, and you're going to love this, everybody, as I did, the Director of Technology and Learning Innovation at Collegio Franklin D. Roosevelt, obviously the college named after the former president, okay, the American School of Lima, Peru, and I assume this is a K-12 school, but we're going to find out in a minute, where Jimena is the Director of Technology and Learning Innovation. Is it a K-12 school, or when you say collegio, where, where are we on that, on that level? Jimena. Yes. This, actually, we have students from early childhood, so three-year-olds, uh, all the way to grade 12. We carry the IB program. Um, we're a school with over a bit over 1,500 students. We have wow. 40 countries represented, being the international school in wow. Lima, and pretty wow. much an American school. Wow, that is, <laughs> that is really good. Are there a lot of teachers from the United States there? Where are most of the teachers from? Yes, we have a very good balance. I'd say maybe 50-50, 50% overseas, and we also have uh, the other half is um, local teachers. So very, well, very internationally represented. It really is, and I, I must ask, are, are, are the classes taught in Spanish or are they taught in English? Everything, everything is taught in English. Um, wow. We have, of course, our lessons in Spanish. Um, mm -hmm. For the local population, we have 50%, uh, around 50, 60% of our students are Peruvian. Then I'd say a good 25% American, and the other 25-ish percent is international. But all the education wow. is conducted. In addition, wow. we offer Spanish and uh, French. And, and and what and what what qualifies a Peruvian young person to go to the school? I'm just curious about this before we get into all the technology stuff. Okay, Jimena. 
I think um, just the, the quality of the education, it, I have to say, what it's such a wonderful place to work. Um, I've been working here for 30 years, always in the technology department. Uh, I'm a mother as well of two boys in the high school. And I, I have to say I couldn't be happier as a mom and as a professional. This is a wonderful place to work. The quality of the education is, like I say, very, very good. And, and the people I work with, it's, it's just like a family. This is a second home for sure. It, 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 it sounds absolutely wonderful, i got to tell you. And we, we don't know enough of, about the American schools all over the world. Okay, when, when you know here in America, and that's why I wanted to ask all those questions. I'm sure the job you do for your young people and for your colleagues is absolutely fantastic. And you know, I'm so glad you're here because when I work with our good friends from Coastal, we're always we're mostly talking to the United States school districts, but Coastal, thanks to Keith and his team, okay, have worldwide reach. And I know he goes all over the world to make sure that educational technology works for everybody all over the world. That's what Coastal does. Okay, I always say it's, I always shortly describe it as the Educational Technology Directors Association. Keith Kruger, my buddy, has done such a good job over there. So the new report is out. I'm going to go over to Kelly now. Kelly, all right? Yep. In 2023, here we are, okay, driving K-12 innovation. Okay, this is the report from COSIM, and it is, I, I cannot say how important innovation is. You know, we're all coming out of the pandemic. All right, right. and we, the pandemic told us that uh, we need a few changes and here and there, if I do say so myself. We probably need more than a few. <laughs> that's what innovation yeah. is about, okay? And so just – and I'm going to – I'll ask each of you. I don't know how to do this exactly, but I'll start with Kelly. Kelly, what do you yeah. think – how would you describe the, the, the big trends that are out there driving K-12 innovation these days? What's going on? What have we learned? Yeah, I appreciate that, and I and I echo your sentiments, right? We definitely need innovation in education, probably now more yeah, than do. ever. And and the thing that we know about technology in general is that it's an accelerator, right? And so as as technology huh. grows and it advances, just, those just advances come quicker and faster, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, one of the great things. By the way, everybody, just how, that, how good how good this is? I'm not really here. I'm actually Chat GPT. Okay, they're just throwing questions <laughs> at me. Right. I'm not really. I'm just an avatar. Okay, that's how right. that's how there we are. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's, I, what's going on right now is, is off the charts wild, okay? Yes. So it, I, I didn't really mean to interrupt. Is, right? I had to tell one of my stupid jokes. Go ahead. Oh, no, that, that's okay. That's, it was a good joke. Yeah. It was a good joke. Thank you. Um, Thank you, you know, I think for the listeners that haven't read um, the report, I certainly would encourage them to do so. We've used it in our district for over a decade, um, and it truly informs um, our practices. And so one of the great things about the report is it identifies – the biggest hurdles or the biggest barriers that, that we're facing um, as, it, as it pertains to innovation and particularly around technology use and innovation. Yeah. But it also identifies the top three accelerators and then the top three tools or tech enablers. Um, so it really gives you a look. And, and to what you said earlier, it's a global perspective because we have members really on this is. advisory board from all over the world. So, um, you know, things that, that I, were identified this year are things like um, some not new, like digital equity being a hurdle, um, building human capacity being one of the accelerators, and to your 
well-placed joke a few seconds ago, one of the tech enablers that the report looks at is artificial intelligence. So, yeah. The only person who laughed at that joke was me and you. Everybody else was going. <laughs> there you go. I rest my case. You know, it, 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 it's really, it's just absolutely amazing what's going on out there. And, you know, it, I, I find this interesting. One of the hurdles that we're talking about, and you just mentioned this a second ago, is digital equity. But here we right. are in 2023, all right? right. And, and, and digital is, is just everything. I mean, everything is digital. The whole world is digital. The whole world is, all right? And we're, right. Still, we're right. still seeing a hurdle. It's, it's, it's not right. something that we can check off. We're still off. grappling with, yes. Yeah. I, you know, you it's are not. on my soapbox. It is amazing to me that we are still having this conversation around this being a hurdle. We have got to get long-term sustainable solutions across the board, um, or it just creates a bigger and bigger gap for equity yeah. for our students. It, 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 without question. We're going to talk about all of this. I want to swing over to Chris yep. for a second. Okay, Chris, first question. Are you there? I'm here. All right, Chris. First of all, is your superintendent as nice as Kelly? Absolutely. But Kelly's <laughs> okay. something special. No. He had to okay. say that. Okay. Okay. So, so we know that. You can mention your superintendent now. Who? What's what's that person's name? Chris. Our superintendent. Uh, her. Our superintendent's name is Crescent Barr. She's uh, in her second year here, I believe. Wow. Uh, so bless her heart. Yeah. We. That, that's great. We just got her. Yeah. Brought her in yep. a couple of years ago. So there you go. There you go. Thank you very much. A wonderful person, I am sure. Chris, tell me. You know, we're talking about digital equity here. When you look at this innovation report, you're the ed tech director for Peninsula School District in in, in state of, state of Washington. Okay, you see you see yep. a hurdle where you are, and I don't I, I don't know about your district. Okay, I don't know the economics of your district, etc. But do you see still see a challenge with digital equity there? Well, what are the hurdles that you see in a district like yours? Just to start us yeah. off. If there are any, maybe, sure. maybe, you've, maybe you've jumped those hurdles. I don't know. I hope so. Oh, I wish I could say, I wish I could say that we have. Um, you know, it's really interesting, you know, as you guys were talking about that, I was thinking, and I haven't told the story in a little while, but, you know, we're 45 minutes from downtown Seattle you know, where you're going to find some of the biggest tech companies headquartered on the planet. You know, Amazon's here, Microsoft's here. We've got huge Nintendo and um, Facebook has a huge preference. And yet still I have part of my district that is not served by high-speed Internet. And so – I I rest my case. I rest Kelly's case. Yeah. I rest Amita's case. We're not – we're not – yeah, we're not very far from huge tech companies with huge investments wow. in technology in our state of Washington. And yet I have, you know, during the pandemic, we were scrambling because they're barely even covered by cell phone service. And so, you know, we're still fighting today. And luckily, we spent a lot of time working with our county officials and state leaders to realize that, you know, we've got a, the state and the county have, it's, it's a fairly rural area in that part of the district. We're mostly uh, suburban, but... That part is pretty rural, and it's there's no investment by any of the broadband companies to put infrastructure out there. So we're the only people that own fiber in that part of the district. Our school district does, and so um, yeah, digital equity is still a hurdle even in 2023, and it's probably probably three to five years before we're really going to see that even wiped off the map for us. So 
you know, um, you know, and, and think yeah. about this, and, and this is to everybody, Yamina in Peru, okay, Kelly in California, and everybody listening, okay, the fact of the matter is we are supposed to train to our students in pre-K-12 to go into careers, whatever career there might be, but there isn't a career around anywhere, and I don't care if you want to be an automobile mechanic or a NASA scientist, you have to understand computing, you have to understand, you have to have access to everything digital. And we can't train the kids unless we do that. You know, the United States in 19, I think it was 1930, maybe 34, whatever it was, thought about that and they put the TVA into operation so people in the, in the, in the rural south could get electricity. And so everybody could have, listen to me, electricity. Okay, well, digital is the yeah. electricity of, of, the, of this century. Okay, without not saying anything new, and it's absurd, Absolutely. absurd that a, that a kid who that kid in I don't care if they're in Peru, I don't care where they are. Okay, they are going to enter a world where we we are responsible for training them. We can't do that without the right tools. It's that simple. And Hamina, talk to me. Thank you, Chris. It's unbelievable. Hamina, mm-hmm. talk to me about what you go through in the beautiful city of Lima with all this. What are the hurdles that you guys face? You folks face well. In, in, our, in our wonderful Peru, I would say that all the hurdles and, um, are relevant. Uh, in Peru, uh, mm. the capital city, Lima, Lima, has more, of course, we have uh, all the, the necessary services, and it's a very Western scenario. As, at our school, we're very have many resources, and we have um, pretty good equity and broadband and connectivity at our school. But if you leave Lima and you go into the provinces, in the jungle, the highlands, and the, the rest of the coast, eh, they lack even the most basic services. Um, so I would mention broadband and connectivity would be a huge eh, gap or a huge need in the country, as well as having eh, qualified professionals and leaders in, in the provinces um, as, as teachers, of course. Um, of course, same here. Same here. Same here. Yes, and, and of course, uh, inside the country, everything is um, linked to the endless government intricacies and uh, part in the politics, unfortunately, <laughs> um, and it's like progress and development, like in most countries, I would say. Yes. Oh, no, we don't even mention politics I... in the United States. That never even comes <laughs> up anywhere. That was, a joke. <laughs> that, that was a joke. I know. Right. Um, in regard, yeah. in, in general, regardless of any socioeconomic level, I would say that we have identified that the social emotional learning that piece is key, especially coming after coming from the pandemic when we've seen that the, the connection between the student, the teacher, the student to student, that is so important. So, in, in terms of the accelerators, the social emotional learning is key for us. Um, and of course, nothing prepared us for the for the for the slap that ChatGPT gave us in February. And of course, our yeah. students used it since last semester. So artificial yeah. intelligence is something we'll be talking about uh, for a long time. Yeah, I've been getting by on artificial intelligence for seventy years, so it's all right. We're good. We're in good shape. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, that's my real intelligence. I wish it was artificial. Okay, um, you know, you just brought up something that 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 struck me and. You, you guys are, you're my friends from COSIN, the Consortium of School Networking, by the way, COSIN.org, in case you didn't know that. If you 
You want to find, look at the report, just Google COSIN driving K-12 innovation, everybody. Okay. And COSIN.org, C-O-S-N. All right. But we're talking about technology here. We're talking about educational innovation. And to me, I want to bring this out. I want you to follow up on something. One of the, I'm looking at it on my screen here. One of the accelerators, okay, that will help people get ready. One of the big mega trends in accelerating innovation in, in, in K-12 learning through technology, social emotional learning, which is interesting to bring up with the technology. Okay. Well, what, what, what made you, what, what, I, I know it's part of the report, but you, you said very, very quickly all about SEL. How's that affect the technology and the learning, in your opinion? To me, that I'm going to ask each of you that. Okay, Tamina, can you give me that answer? You brought it up, and I'm there, so glad you did. It's really about connecting with each other. It's about the four C's: collaborating, creativity, critical thinking, communication. Um, if that's not in place, if you are not in a good place, if you are not able to learn, really, what can technology do for you? What can innovation do if you are not? ready to sit in a room or do a virtual learning session, um, but you have social emotional issues. And so I think we, we really need to give it a lot of importance, just like a, a curriculum for learning, the curriculum here, for here. being, okay, wellness for, for uh, yeah, for wellness for our students and teachers, of course. Um, so I say that's, that's that. like one of the basic things of a human being. Once you have your, your basic needs, as a human, you are ready to learn. You're ready to interact. You're ready to discover, create. Um, so that's one of the most basic things that we need to pay attention to. With, without question, if we don't build, if I may, a strong digital eco- ecosystem in K-12, a lot of people are going to be very frustrated when they look for a job. And frustration and overcoming hurdles it's part social emotional learning. All this ties together. It's amazing. And you know, I was I was really surprised when I saw social social emotional learning on the list. Chris, what about you? Did we, we, how did you see that fitting in? SEL. Uh, SEL. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's really it's You're really interesting guy. how much you have no emotion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny, uh, we've been going through some things here that are a little tough in the district right now, and my superintendent told me yesterday, it's no wonder that you've come over this, because you're more of an analytical person and not the emotional guy. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. And I did, I did, I swear I didn't talk to her first. I swear I did, I didn't even know her. Know. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's interesting how intertwined social-emotional learning is gotten with the work we do with technology. Um, you know, in our district this year, we're doing, I've been doing a lot of presentations and a lot of work around digital wellness um, yeah. with students and with families and parents and, you know, helping helping parents understand, you know, what is the true driver of some of the technology issues that they're seeing at home or they're seeing in schools. And, you know, it's not it's not that it's the device necessarily. It's what you're doing on the device, and it's not what you're doing with the technology. And so, you know, we've got a lot of – we're doing a lot of work on that, but it's also – we also are starting to have more visibility because of the technology tools into how students are doing, um, yeah. both mentally, yes, are. socially, and emotionally. And so, you know, it's how can technology departments and technology leaders 
provide that data to the people that can really make a difference for kids. And so right. getting some of these these mm. things in front of in front of our counselors or in front of our administrators and even some of our teachers, yeah. you know, saying, hey, it looks like from the things that these kids are doing digitally, um, they could use some conversations. They're struggling. They need help. Right. Um, can you help find them resources? And so that's one of the things that, you know, it's one of the reasons that's here and one of the things that technology is transforming into being able to provide those resources. I'm glad. I, I yeah. Just one question. Were you surprised when you saw it? I'm going to ask Kelly the same thing, but I'm just curious, Chris, were you surprised when you saw SEL pop up as an accelerator? No, Chris? I think through the conversations we had as part of the board, I think the, you know, the advisory board that wrote this report, we had long conversations sure. about where it fits. And so when it made it to the top, I didn't think it was all that surprising, no. That's, that's very interesting. Kelly, go ahead. You've been agreeing all along as everybody's been talking. Kelly May Volmer, yeah. okay, superintendent of <coughs> Palm Springs. It's beautiful La Quinta, California. Okay, Desert <laughs> Unified. Okay, um, go ahead. Tell us what you think about the SEL thing. And we, I, by the way, see that the State Ed Tech Directors Association, when they did a survey, okay, the, the number one use of funds, according from superintendents that they asked, was going to be an SEL, social and emotional oh, learning. Yeah. Okay, and you're a superintendent. Yeah. Give us your point of view. You're and you're a superintendent. That's a technology guru here. Okay, a rare thing. Yeah, I was actually yeah, a, you're a former chief, former chief technology officer, which uh, yeah, they, is probably they, the funnest job I will have ever had had. It's rare that I don't love my current job. That has that background. Most superintendents don't right. have that background. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's certainly helpful. You know, I I would agree. I was not surprised at all to see um, SEL bubble to the top, not just because of the conversations on the advisory board, but just to echo what everyone else is saying, that we're seeing so much of a need coming out of the pandemic um, to support our students and our staff with resources and tools surrounding social-emotional learning. And so one of the things that I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to reiterate everything everyone else has already said, but I will just highlight, you know, during this advisory board process, Keith Kruger, who you've mentioned a couple times, actually made a, a comment that I think is so pivotal to how we understand how SEL made it into a report like this, right? And that is that when we're thinking about technology, we have to think about how it either enhances or it gets mm -hmm. in the way of being connected, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen that. Like, we've seen benefits of technology, but we've also seen harms that come from technology. Mm -hmm. And so as leaders in this industry, and I appreciate the example previously about the monitoring, we really have to be attuned to whether or not our, our technology uses are enhancing or they're becoming a hindrance for our students. And right. I think that's really why it made it into this report. Very interesting. And of course, that's going to bring up a, 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 a artificial intelligence. Okay, is it beneficial yeah. or is it a hindrance? And I, I did a show earlier today with my friends from the Turnitin Company about that. Okay, because they, they have a, a they have an artificial intelligence detector out these days to try to detect if mm. students are using it. And that, you know, we, we just as, a, as, a, as an aside, we, we decided that you know the AI, it's not so much the answer that it can give you, but it's more the question you can ask it. If if you can form oh, yeah. the right questions. Okay, we that that is an incredible use. Okay, teachers are used to getting answers to questions, but I think if the kids we start letting the kids ask the questions, 
and see what mm-hmm. AI throws back at them. It's going to be a, a major change. And, we, and, and somebody else said that, you know, it's like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. We have to coexist with them, whether we like it or not. Right. All right. right. And that's what AI is about. It's coming. It's there. These kids, every kid from Lima, Peru, uh, up to Seattle, Washington. Okay. They're going yep. to be in an AI future. All right. Yeah. And it, it better be yeah. a good one. All right. We have to train them yeah. for it. You know, it's, it's. Exactly. It's right. We got to do it. And, you know, you said it before, we have to put emotion. We were half kidding before, but emotion, we got to make sure that the technology we use becomes beneficial to people. Okay, it's that yeah. simple and brings them together as opposed to separates them. All right, that's that's obviously what, what this whole thing is about. I have to ask you all another question, which is, uh, the, the, to me, one of the scariest things out there. We want to drive K-12 in innovation. That's K pre-K-12, actually, innovation. Okay, but in order to drive innovation, and this is where ChatGPT may come in even stronger, we need educators. And, we, and, then, and to build that digital mm-hmm. ecosystem, okay, we need IT professionals like you, like the three of you, okay? But they're getting harder and harder to find to go into school districts, yeah. all right? And the number one hurdle that the Driving K-12 Innovation Report came up with is attracting and retaining educators and IT professionals, all right? And mm-hmm. that's scary. I'll, I'll, we'll start with the superintendent here. Okay, who yeah. do you still have any hair left or do you pull it out every day? Okay. You know, <laughs> I try not to pull beautiful. it out. Yeah, you're pretty much beautiful. <laughs> okay. So Kelly, talk about this. The number one hurdle, attracting and retaining yeah. educators and not warm bodies. I'm talking about educators. Okay. Right. And, and also the high IT professionals that don't go with them. Talk about that from the superintendent's yeah. point of view. Absolutely. And again, no surprise, right? Because we're, we're no. not, it's not only, I think what's interesting about this is it is retaining educators and IT professionals. And so we have this dual mm. problem of um, education was under so much fire and still is on some levels and certainly could gear up again um, as we're approaching another election. Um, it's It's become yeah. a different world to work in, right? I mean, the criticism and uh, the intensity with which people are coming at educators makes the stress level of an already stressful job really incredible. And we're seeing people leave the profession in droves. So just hiring educators in and of itself is a concern. And then you couple that with IT professionals can get much higher paying jobs outside of education than they can in education. And so it makes it harder for us to attract those individuals into an educational mm-hmm. environment that, they, yeah. that, that right now doesn't seem appealing to work in and they get, can't get paid as much. That's asking a lot of someone. It, it sure is. And by the way, while you've been saying that, Chris just got an offer from Google for $600,000. Right. Chris, you're going to take that? Okay. That doesn't Third surprise me. It's a short commute. It's a short commute to Amazon. Okay. Seriously, Chris, though, you know, that, that's a real challenge. And you, you know, you are a great IT professional and you care about kids and all that sort of thing. But somebody like you is hard to find. And yeah. I, I, I won't say where I talked to a district that had a job fair and they are able to, they were able to hire 40 new teachers. Okay. Which sounds great until you find out that not, not a single one of them was certified. Okay, they just needed warm bodies. This was a fairly rural district in, 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 in the southern state. Okay, 
I, I, and they say, you know, they said they're just going to have to rehire people. They're just going to leave, okay, after they spend all this money to train them. But they need, but we got a problem out there. And you know, there's an interesting thing. How, and Chris, I'll ask you, can the IT side of it help the? How does that help retain teachers? Are teachers trained that they can really do do all the um, all the digital stuff that we give them to work with? Okay, if teachers are happy, they stay where they are. And if we can find somebody, we got to be able to retain them. You know, if teaching has changed, just talk about that interaction between IT and retaining teachers. Then you do it. Yeah, I think, day, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, you yeah. know, Kelly alluded to kind of some of the culture wars in education, and those are unfortunate. And they sure you know, are. So much of that. I can't wait are, to hear all this from Himina. This is going to be interesting about what's going on in Peru. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things, and I think you've been alluding to it a lot, is artificial intelligence and what it's popped up in the last four months or five months and six yeah. months, whatever yeah. it is now. Um, you know, one of the big focuses that we're taking on that is not as much from the, you know, kind of conversation you had earlier about the turn it in or kids cheating, but what can this do to teacher workload? What can this do to save teachers time? Because yep. we're constantly Wait. trying to find ways to utilize technology to help help teachers not have to do so much. There's always things that constantly are put on teachers' plate. And so how can we figure out ways with technology to lighten that workload? And I think, you know, we're already starting to see it, and it's not too far of a leap to see that there's going to be amazing tools coming out um, in the very very near oh, future yeah. that are oh, going yeah. to significantly reduce the amount of time that teachers take on some of the tasks that they have to do. So, and it allows them to spend more time building relationships with kids, you know, working on some of those the emotional needs, the social-emotional learning yep. things that we talked about. And that, in a lot of cases, that's what teachers got into this for, you know, to make a difference in a kid's life. It's not to ha- deal with all the other things crap. that are happening right now. You know, the yeah. crap, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so if we can do things on the technology side that remove some of the minutia of the day-to-day work of being a teacher – then that opens them up to do things that they really love, they really care about, and that helps them want to stick around. So exactly. that's how we're and looking build, at it. I'm just looking here, tech enabler, build a rich digital ecosystem in your school, okay, and make that work for the benefit of the teachers and the students, and you're getting way ahead of the game. And now we're going to shoot down to Lima, Peru. Amina, okay, yes. how, does, how does all this Okay, how are we doing in attracting and retaining educators, which is your the number one hurdle from from COSIN, and again, this was a global survey, as well as people like you, IT professionals. How are we doing down in your home country? Um, I'll, I'll speak to to my experience in in the international setting. Um, sure. In in my American school, for sure. Uh, well, I think this is a worldwide crisis for sure. Um, I think the international setting has has an attractive side to to it. Just by nature, you're traveling to a new country, you're visiting, right. learning from other cultures, and so on. So it's a it's a it's a wonderful community, the international one. The teachers go from one school to the other, so we usually have friends in all the international schools, and that's that's a plus for for sure. Um, 
for the IT piece, um, I think it's really important for the IT professionals to, to be educators or to have a very strong education background because it's always that technology is not leading just because it's technology. Uh, the technology is supporting the education so that the learning for the students can be richer, can be better, can be more engaging, can be faster, can be easier for the teachers to be very productive and so on. So also the, the professional development that the school provides is really key in that retaining and, and having IT professionals. Um, we are so fortunate in our school, we have two learning innovation coaches. One works in the elementary school and one works with middle and high. And so mm. they are the ones providing PD to the teachers and, and sharing how, how you're going to use Padlet and Kami and how you're going to use the Google tools and, and so on. So that's, that's a very, very big, big help. And in my years at school, what I've seen is uh, by having a very strong te technology program in school, we, we've seen some of our teachers leave our school and become IT um, directors or IT coordinators yeah. in other international schools. And, uh, because you, you need to have a, a passionate educator who has that knack for, for learning technology, for understanding technology, and for implementing and sharing with the teachers that they don't feel, the teachers don't feel uh, threatened by the presence of a coach. Um, so, yes, yeah. and, and in yeah. general, in, in Peru, I think we, we have a major crisis of, of teachers, and, and let alone IT, anything if there's not even the basic the basic services at schools. Yeah, we have, we have, we, you know, it is a crisis out there. And you, you just said something that that struck me. You said that that teachers they see a coach, they become afraid. Okay, and that's something that has to end. Okay, if, if teachers, and I'm, yeah. I'm generalizing. A lot of teachers see a threat with anything that that comes in and looks upon the work they're doing. That has to stop. Okay, nobody, everybody thinks you're wonderful. Okay, this is teacher appreciation appreciation week. <laughs> Up here in the United States, and believe me, everybody appreciates you. There's nothing to be scared of, but it's, it's just, it's it's amazing when that happens. Okay, and the new technology. Okay, I you know I, I was trained to be a teacher a long, long time ago before any of this, and even then we were always fighting against new things. Okay, and I, yeah, it was just human nature, and it was wrong. All right, and we can't do that anymore. All of these things, like 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 Chris was saying. All of these things, they, these can help you. Okay, this is going to help you. All right, and it's it's really just important things. You three have really done an excellent job today. I can't thank you enough for being here and giving me all your insights to everything. All this. I hope you had a good time, Chris. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. Thank you for having us, Larry. Uh, you're welcome. Come back anytime, Kelly. Okay, enjoy Palm yes. Everybody wants to go to Palm Springs, enjoy living there and hey. being the superintendent, Laquita. Hey, hey, come on out and visit anytime. Believe me, if I'm out there, I'll be at your door. We're a small family, oh. 12 people. Okay, <laughs> we'll, only stay. we'll only be there for the holidays. We'll come at New Year's and stay till Christmas. Okay, that so, sounds well, perfect. Perfect for me, too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. And Amina, this is great. Are you, are you coming to ISTE to Philadelphia? Well, I hope to go soon. I've been there once at one of the Easter conferences, and it was—I love the city so, so, so much. So thank you. 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 Thank it's you a, so it's much. a great city. It's it's my hometown. Yeah. Okay, and have a steak sandwich, but get a real one. Okay, not one of Pat's or uh, Gino's. I'll, 
Just trust me on that, okay? <laughs> if, if you do get there. <laughs> okay. Oh, and by the way, Amina, I just want to, I'll end it this way. I, I have to tell all three of you, I'll all appreciate this being West, West Coasters, okay? I have, I have good friends down there, but they lived in Florida, and they took me out to a Peruvian Chinese restaurant. This was run by oh, yeah. a Chinese gentleman, yeah, who had learned how to, it was a Chinese, owned Chinese restaurant in Lima, and then brought that to the uh, Florida area, okay, down in southeastern Florida. And I love Chinese food, and I went for Peruvian Chinese food cooked by a Chinese gentleman who spoke Spanish and Chinese. And I have to tell you, it was rather different from what I was expecting as American Chinese food. Have you ever had Chinese food up here, Yamina, here in the States? Well, I have. And, and Peruvian Chinese, it's, it's a whole, whole gourmet new thing. It's exactly. Only, only yes, it's very, it, we call it chifa, and it's one of the favorites in all of Peru. Um, like like have, here. We like here. Gourmet, Everybody loves Chinese food. Yeah. Yes, it, 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 I it's hope not, you it's unbelievable. It. Yeah. And, and, you know, well, Chris, you're up there. You're in one of the great uh, Chinese-American communities. Okay, it's in Seattle. All right, Peruvian Chinese food. There you go, buddy. What do you think? <laughs> it's, it's delicious. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's out there. And the, what I was amazed was that the gentleman, of course, it's just my stupidity, the gentleman was Chinese and spoke only Peruvian Spanish. It was absolutely great. What a great experience, you know? It's a global we enterprise are- out there. Right? Just great. Yeah. Try it sometime, Kelly. Try it sometime. All right, I'm going to have to. I'm telling you. It's great <laughs> stuff. All right? All right. All, right. All of you, thank you so much, and good. thank you for being part of COSA. I do appreciate oh, that. Thank okay? you. Okay, that's Keith and everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Ladies Love and gentlemen, you. buenos noches. Buenos dias. Buenos tardes. How's that? Is that right? <laughs> Nobody's there. Jamina, <laughs> how do I say this? Buenos. What do I say? Buenos. 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 Buenas tardes or buenos días. Yes. Good morning. Buenas, good that's what I was afternoon. trying to say for my ninth grade Spanish. Buenos tardes, everybody. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Muchas Bye-bye. gracias. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. What a great group. Wow. Okay. I am very impressed. Keith, you, Kate, you've done it again from Cosin. Kelly Mae Boulder is the superintendent of Desert Sands. Okay. Palm Springs, La Quinta area of California. Chris Hagel is executive director of digital learning. I love that. Okay. Uh, at Peninsula School District, looking at Tacoma from the peninsula. And Tamina Nunez del Prado, oh, an interesting lady. Okay. She's the director of technology and learning at Collegio Franklin D. Roosevelt, the American School of Lima, Peru. Okay. Thank you all for being here. Everybody check out what we do at ace-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening.